0: this is the everything ev podcast by ev powered hello and welcome to another episode of the everything ev podcast the podcast dedicated to everything electric i'm your host charlie atkinson and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel so whether it be cars bikes boats or even planes we'll have it covered We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released and please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. This week I'm joined by Niall El-Assad of Fuel Service, a company that helps disabled drivers when refuelling and recharging their cars. Niall's here to talk us through the journey of his company, the importance of accessibility within the EV sector, and what more can be done to make the EV industry more accessible. Niall, thanks for joining me today and uh, welcome to the podcast, first of all. Now, before we get into everything, could you just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and to Fuel Service as a company as well? So...
1: What happened uh, back in 2013, I became disabled uh, with a, a bike crash uh, and became paralysed. Um, in hospital, they said to me, they, te- they teach you how to rehabilitate yourself and all of those things. And one of them was, you know, learning how to drive again. So one of the things that they taught you about learning how to drive with hand controls, uh, which isn't hard work, it only took half an hour to do, was when you get fuel, um, you need to go and... Get one of these remote control buttons, and when you get to the station, you just press it, and someone comes out. So I thought, okay, that's great. Someone comes out to help to put the fuel in, I can't do it myself. Um, so first time the tank went empty, I went to the station, uh, pressed this button, and uh, uh nothing happened. <laughs> so I drove to another station, and they didn't have one of these devices there. So I thought, okay, I'll drive to the next station. Drove to another station, they had one of these things, I pressed the button um and nothing happened again and then I started panicking I started thinking well what am I going to do now I'm 45 minutes drive from home um it's getting late I don't want to break down somewhere if I have to bring my wife she's going to have to come it's going to take her 45 minutes to get there um and after I've been sat there for a while um the guy, some guy came out of the station and he goes, are you okay, mate? You've been sat here for a while and you've not put any fuel in. So I explained to him and he said, oh, that thing never works. It's never worked before. It's really old, you know, it's 25 year old technology, it's never worked. So I thought, okay, it's gotta be a better way of doing this. So we started Fuel Service. So, um, which is based on an app-based solution so that uh, people can um, search with their phone for stations that may be able to help them nearby before they even go to the station uh because there might not be anyone to help you know if they're only single man they can't leave the shop um you can ask them if they say you, they can help then great you drive to the station you get to a pump you tell them which pump you're at um it tells them they tell you how long they're going to be and then they come out and they fill up your car for you so you know that's pretty much it in a, a nutshell really what fuel service is it's um it started out in the UK where we started out with Shell and Sainsbury's and then we added the brands one by one um, and then I thought well yeah actually this could be a good idea for other people. Um, so one of the things that Fuel Service does is it gives all the profits to uh, finding a cure for paralysis from spinal cord injury so I contacted uh, spinal cord injury organisations and charities around the world and said to them okay you know this has gone quite well We um, it's making some money for research and it's also helping disabled people so you know, do you want to do it in your country? So there was quite a big take up, and now we're in about thirteen countries uh, around the world, uh, helping people.
0: Yeah, I wanted I wanted to come on to that. Some of the sort of most significant milestones for the company so far, but how long ago um, did this journey begin for you guys? And what? Yeah, what what has the the journey been like from from where you started? Like you said, that talked us through that story to to where you are today.
1: So maybe. Um the we first started um i started working maybe we started working on this in 2016 uh so even though i thought it was a good idea early on i I suffered for a while until until i decided okay i actually i have to do something um um and then we did a pilot with shell so um in the northwest of england so in terms of contacting the companies and getting the fuel companies they some of, a lot of the people there didn't realize that there was actually a problem for disabled people um at some of the companies and some of them the ones who did um knew there was a problem but there was no real solution out there for them to to use or, or to do um so there was you know it was quietly well received uh by by the companies um so it was it was quite good in that in that respect that um that they once they understood the problem and they thought you know well, actually, you know we've got customers who have this problem we need to help our customers they you know they were really keen to to push this on and move this forward so from that perspective it was it was quite good um and then then it's getting the users engaged and making sure that people people actually like it they like the way it works and making changes so that so that it works the way that they want it to um, and also it works for the stations as well so that they they get the benefits from it.
0: Um. Yeah I just wanted to to go back you, you said that the whole process and the journey of this company started in 2016 so obviously that would have been sort of long before the the EV sort of um, the EV era took off really yes. so so obviously this would have started with petrol and diesel vehicles. So when did you start to see the the demand for electric vehicles and your services? So um, so
1: right from the beginning, really, you know, where EV ZB um, became a thing, really, you know, um, as I became aware of it, uh, we added an option for people to, there's an option at the beginning of the app, which says, you know, what kind of fuel are you looking for and, you know, where are you? Um, that's all they have to put in. So one of the options there was electric. Um, but we didn't really have people using it uh, um, until maybe maybe two years ago, maybe 18 months ago, um, that people were using it. And then we realized, oh, actually, there's some, there's some problems with uh, our implementation here. You know, you can get someone to come out and to connect up, um, but we didn't have an option to tell people I've finished now I'm charged come and take the cable out of my car so so uh so we added that in and um one of our partners in the UK um is a uh, motor fuel group um who were uh really focused on this and they've started you know their own EV stations with their EV power brand um so we worked with them quite closely on on making sure that it was right for for how they worked and um it's probably been in there now probably for about, you know, probably for 18 months now. Um, and we, we are getting users and the other the other uh, brands um, are very heavily focused on, you know, pushing forward their uh, electric charging capabilities as well. So the shells, the BPs, and also we added grid serve um, in the in the last year as well.
0: Yeah, that's sort of what made me get in touch with you, really, to uh, to set up this podcast because we saw your um, recent announcement with Gridserve. So could you just tell us a bit more about that, really, and, and yeah, just go into a bit more detail about what that announcement means for for you guys and what it means for Gridserve as well.
1: Yeah, so this, the the thing about electric charging, when you you know, we tend to think about it in a couple of ways. Well, I tend to think about it, and the people we speak to, um, is is obviously you've got destination charging where, you know, it might be the shops or something like that, you know, and people, you're going to get out of the car and then you're either going to be able to plug in if you can, or maybe you can ask someone to plug it in for you um, where you are. But in terms of um, in-journey charging and for, you know, uh, faster speed charging, the stations are still probably going to be the main way um, for people, and especially if they don't have at-home charging. Um, And if you're disabled, then you know, you're going to have the, exactly the same problems. So um, some people may be willing to get out of their car. So companies like GridServe, I know, are building spaces that are, are wide enough, like a disabled base size, so that people can actually get out of their car to uh, get out and uh, do it themselves if they want to. Um, but the biggest thing is that even if you were going to go there to a station and you were going to fill up a fast charger from from empty to full... Um, And it's going to take you 20 minutes and you maybe you want to get out. There's a lot of people who don't have the hand capacity to be able to do that. So they can drive the cars with uh, hand controls, but they wouldn't be able to have the dexterity or maybe even the ability, you know, to to plug the cables in. Um, Even if you do have the hand capacity, I know, because I've been to these stations, these cables for uh, fast charging are really heavy. There There is no way that I can move that cable in my wheelchair. Um, you know, from the from the charger to the car. So even with all sorts of other adjustments that may be put in at the place, you still need possibly someone to help you to come and do that. So uh, by people having, by GridServe having fuel service, and they saw this, you know, that they've got people there who, who are uh, uh, on staff and are willing to help, you know, and, um, you know, by using fuel service, it makes it really easy for someone to, to be able to ask someone to come out rather than you know from the comfort of their vehicle really as well
0: yeah absolutely it, it's an interesting time as well to be speaking to because obviously accessibility in the ev industry is is one of the hot topics at the moment we've done over the last year we've done quite a lot with the likes of charge safe and uh, with osprey charging as well all, all sort of showcasing the the importance of making ev charging bays more accessible like you, like you just mentioned so as someone who's been involved in this industry and, and personally affected by it for a number of years now, do you think it's almost about time that the spotlight is on accessibility in this industry? Because it only feels like over the last 12 months or so that we've started to think as an industry that, okay, what about disabled users and um, and things like that? So is it is it sort of long overdue that we're looking at this?
1: Yeah, no, well, definitely, I mean, but and and the aim, really should in terms of accessibility should be to make everything as easy as to use as possible. Um, and that might you might not think that that's just about, you might think that's just about disabled people. But actually, if you make it easier for disabled people, you make it easier for everyone. Um, I mean, and especially with EV charging, because you know, it, it's going to be something for, for everyone, you know. um So, I mean, you'll have people with uh, maybe in an older population who've got arthritis in their hands and can't do these things as well you wouldn't classify themselves as disabled but it becomes more of a challenge for them to do so if you make things accessible and as easy as possible for for everyone then it benefits the entire population not just the the disabled community um and when you say longer overdue it it's definitely things in the car industry do tend to miss out the disabled community um, in a big way so I'll give you an an example that's nothing to do with EV charging uh, is the fact that if you if you need hand controls to drive a car there is not a single car company today that offer an option on their options list of thousands of different things that you can do which is oh hand controls you have to Buy your car from them, and then you have to get an external company to come in and fit hand controls to it so the the problem of of looking at it is not just on the um on the charging points the car manufacturers themselves completely ignore the disability community completely from uh, from from the very first car now even when they're doing e v cars um the way that I can see this being solved for everyone is obviously with uh, uh, conductive charging, you know, uh, wireless charging, you know, uh, where it solves the problem for disabled people and it solves it for everyone else as well. But I think, we, yeah, we are a bit f- far away from that at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely the next step for the sort of EV charging industry, isn't it? When you, when you just go back to talking about how car man- car manufacturers themselves sorry can do more to, to help disabled users And that example you just gave in in your role um at fuel service are you are you doing anything to sort of action that and to, to make a change with that or are you sort of primarily focused on your service and, and and providing that service to disabled users
1: well yeah i mean so we we don't we don't tend to do a lot of activism type activities you know in terms of telling people but um we do have engagement with a lot of different organisations. I mean, I had a call uh, the other day with uh, Jaguar Land Rover, and they they were really keen on. Well, how can we how can we link into fuel service um, so that people can who who are who are disabled can find EV charging points that are relevant to them rather than um, just the generic every single EV charging point that is nearby because if you disable, not every single one of them is going to be applicable to you. So um, there, is, there is some movement um, there. Um, but again, you know, the, these, uh, these things in terms of the physical build of the car and how they're done, um, they could be made a lot better, you know, by people including disability options on the options list, you know, so that people can choose from them um But also, you know, if you think about even if it wasn't down to conductive charging, you know, where they where they put the charging points on the car and stuff like that, you know, they, um, those kind of things are, are could could make things easier for disabled people and for everyone else as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to to focus on the the charging points themselves, as, as you mentioned. But we've obviously. We've done quite a lot with ChargeSafe this year and we went to see their, their first accessibly designed hub at um, an Osprey charging site in Buckinghamshire. Um, and we spoke to ChargeSafe, the, the founder of ChargeSafe, Kate Tyrrell. And she, they, there's a, I think it's 63 point uh, criteria, which looks at how to make a uh, a charging site accessible for someone. But from someone who's personally affected by that and is, who's probably in in the near future i don't know if you drive an ev at the moment but you you might have to might have to be sort of before the end of the decade what what would you sort of be looking for at a a charging site to obviously you want your service there if you if you're not able to use the cables like you mentioned but i mean there's so many different charging points all across the country which are sort of stuck in the back corner of a supermarket and then not the most accessible so what yeah what goes into making a a charging site accessible for, for you yeah so is so
1: if i was to do it myself then um it would
0: be you know
1: the space so that i can get out of the car um it would be able to that i could connect get the cable from the uni easily and that i could connect to the my car so that's things like okay making sure that there's not there's not a, a curb in the way you know because that makes it harder to do to get up and down a curb in a wheelchair um that there's not stopped um, you know these buffer stops in the way um, all across, so that I would have to in my wheelchair over that. So it's things like that as well, but also there's there's lots of things like the height of the unit, you know where the controls are. Can you see the screen? You know because and that's not a new thing either. You know the amount of uh, the the amount of cash machines I've been to over the years. <laughs> I can't see the screen properly because I'm not high enough up um, and things like that. So so all of these things. Uh, uh, really do add into um, making it accessible um, but again th- that's accessible for someone who you know if they were to struggle through would be able to actually do it themselves anyway um, I think that you know there's always going to be a need for something like fuel service um, on the site on you know on the the, the more high capacity sites um the in journey type sites the, the service stations where the cable is too heavy that regardless you're not going to be able to lift it um and for people who don't have full uh use of their hands to be able to connect their car up themselves
0: yeah and as the sort of EV industry grows and continues to develop and we see more and more charging sites um coming out and being opened all over the country what sort of are there any challenges that come with that for for you guys and obviously I, yeah as the industry grows obviously you've got to grow alongside with it so does that present any sort of operational challenges to to yourself not
1: really i mean my, um when we started this i would i joke about this all the time because um uh, you know uh we we're, we're in a company that shouldn't have that maybe shouldn't have to exist so, if all the challenges, you know, were, were solved, and you know, ten years down the line, we're not using cables, everyone's got access to, you know, um, um, wireless charging, then we don't need to exist anymore. Which is actually a good thing that that companies don't need to exist to to provide additional facilities. So, and that's not that's not a worry for us in the slightest. Um, okay we wouldn't be able to give as much money to, to charity for, for research but in the general population of uh, people with disabilities then um, they they can access charging in exactly the same way as every single other person they don't even need to think about it
0: yeah definitely yeah no I see what you mean as, as the when you talk about wireless charging and all the different charging applications that are going to come forward in the, the few years, so yeah, like like you said, no, one's going to be in that position, that you were in all those years ago where you, you're, you're at a charging station or at a fuel pump and you, you haven't got any help. So the, the, the less help you need, the better then.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the key thing. And that's one of the things when we built fuel services, um, the alternative to fuel service um, was turning up a pump, honking your horn and flashing your lights. Okay. So, you know, that the just the, the thing about that is that you're accessing something in a completely different way, but even worse than that, you have to embarrass and humiliate yourself by doing this because everyone's staring at you. They don't, why is this crazy getting you are in a car? They've no idea you're disabled. <laughs> oh, you know? Why is this crazy guy flashing his lights and honking his horn? What does he want? And then if no one comes and helps you, because um, either they can't because of, or they don't hear you or whatever, then 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 you look even more stupid because then you just drive off. Um, so, um, so having something where you know you access a service in exactly the same way as every other person is the ideal, really.
0: Yeah, that's the the sort of end goal and. Um, so when we sort of look forward and we look towards that bigger picture, obviously it's quite a good time to to interview you because it's January and it's the the start of the year. So when you look ahead to the rest of the year, what are your sort of b- the biggest plans and your sort of short term goals for the company? What's on the 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 top of your to do list, if you like, for for this year?
1: Well, so so the main thing really is you know is to expand capacity. Uh... Because even though we're, you know, probably 50% of the stations in the UK, you know, we want to make sure that we're providing access absolutely everywhere so that people can get um, service everywhere. And that's a, a continual journey in talking to the companies and getting them to uh, to do things. In terms of the EV space, um, it's definitely about looking at how we can um, add functionality so that people can get assistance at more places and that that's about thinking about how can we get assistance at um, destination for destination charging um so that when you when you get somewhere you know like say you go to the supermarket and you uh, and you park up there and you you want someone to come and plug in before you go and do your shopping how you can do that those kind of things are, are things that we I think are, are going to become more important for um for ev charging definitely because if you're not doing a massive amount of miles all the time, you know, you can probably get by all the time by using destination charging as well. So I know that it's something that people people will be thinking about because they're going there anyway, and um, it means that they're getting charged without having to take 20 minutes out of their day to go and charge the car for from zero to full.
0: That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening and if you liked it then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV Podcast.